to the How to Health podcast. Today, I'm very, very excited to have Will Tucker. How are you doing today, Will? Hi, Laurie. How are you? I'm doing great. <laughs> well, thank you for taking time out of your day to spend with us because you are really kind of the first of, you know, the you know, the athlete and the bodybuilder I've had on the show. So I'm really excited to share some information and dispel some myths with our audience. Oh, great. I'm excited to be here and uh, hopefully they can learn something or maybe even teach me something. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> but Will, um, I just want to let them know you're America's vegan trainer mm -hmm. and you're a four times natural bodybuilding champion, author. You contribute to vegan health and fitness. I mean, you have a host of information. Did anybody just Google your name? Okay, the pictures will speak for themselves. Um, if, they, if they have any challenges with your protein intake, I, I think they'll get over it quickly. So um, <laughs> with that, let's just learn a little bit about Will Tucker and kind of just tell me how you discovered the world of plant-based eating. What was your, your background growing up and how did all that start? Wow. Well, originally I'm from East St. Louis, Illinois, so I'm a Midwestern guy, okay. kind of in the St. Louis area. Um, so, of course, growing up, I was a meat and potatoes kind of guy, uh, especially as I started getting more active in the gym, you know, uh, early teens, well into my uh, 20s. You know, I thought it was essential to consume animal flesh to build muscle, uh, get in shape and the like. So the whole plant-based thing was totally foreign to me, honestly. Growing up, had no foundation of it at all, and plus the way these uh, corporations market towards uh, certain demographics. It was always heavily pushed that you needed uh, meat, fish, tuna, chicken, eggs to build muscle. Um, so after college, I kind of fast forward a little bit. I graduated and started working in the corporate world. I was working in mortgage banking. Hmm. Then around uh, mid to late 2000s, where everything started to tank, they started downsizing and transferring people around. So I wound up in Arizona eventually with some other people to transfer it out. And um, I could tell that that final pink slip was coming from the corporate world. And when it came, I did some freelancing, but at the same time, I went and got certified as a fitness trainer because I'm like, well, I need to do something I love. I do this just to pay bills. It's no real connection there with how I feel in my soul. So. Started working in a big box gym, evenings and weekends. And um, remember, I still had the day job and this freelance work after the big day job went away, so to speak, with some smaller mortgage brokers. And um, anyway, it was approaching Thanksgiving. So in October, at the gym that I was working at evenings and weekends, I was assigned a client who said she was vegetarian. And I always credit her for planting the seed. But of course, being that Midwestern guy, I'm like, um, so where are you gonna get your protein? <laughs> <laughs> um, how are you going to reach your fitness goals without consuming meat? I don't understand. It was foreign to me. But instead of just dismissing her, as I've heard from countless clients, now that I've been plant-based for a number of years, I decided to do a little research as to how I can best serve her needs. So after, you know, this was Google was around and several other search engines that aren't around anymore at that time, mm. I did enough research and made the connection that, yeah, you can still get protein from plant-based sources. So I was fascinated by that. So a month later, it's now November 2006, I 
did the traditional Thanksgiving with some other friends that were in town from the St. Louis area to transfer with the job. And none of us were going home. So we said, hey, let's do our own Thanksgiving deal. So it's traditional Thanksgiving, turkey, all the trimmings, you know, other animal products and secretions mixed in all those foods as well. And, um, you know, after I went home, you know, they forced you to take this big plate of leftovers. So I had all this meat and animal products as well as the ones I kept in my place at that time. And I got home and somehow just flipping through television, I wound up on a National Geographic channel. And there's a documentary on about animals being born and the connection between the mom and the baby. So something about it really resonated with me. I got drawn into it, first of all. I mean, I'm literally just flipping through channels and I just stopped there and that was my awakening. And I saw the connection between the mom and the baby. And after that documentary was over, I literally went through every piece of meat I had out of my house. I realized I was eating somebody's baby. Oh, wow. And it just clicked like that. The light bulb went off. Now, at that point, I went vegetarian. I did not consume any flesh. I still did eggs and limited dairy if there was ice cream or if there was, you know, a casein and something. I didn't really bother about it. But I had stopped consuming any flesh, and that includes fish at that point. It was just something that powerful about the documentary. So I stayed vegetarian for five years, and... um I was gonna start competing. And then I, I was like, I wanna be 100% vegan or plant-based as I start competing. So of course, the guys in the gym are already freaking out enough that I didn't consume meat. And they're like, okay, now you're not gonna do any of these uh, whey protein shakes or eggs or anything. I mean, they're like, you're just gonna shrivel up. So it shows you how long ago it was. It was in Borders Bookstore. I discovered, uh, the book by Robert Cheek, who was a good friend of mine, Vegan Bodybuilding and Fitness. That's his brand, and that was his first book he released. So I was like, okay, I'm not alone. There are other vegan bodybuilders out there. So I, I read that book, and that kind of did it for me. October 1st, 2011, I said, okay, I'm going to go 100% vegan. I started as a 30-day experiment to myself to see if I can still put on muscle, and you know, it wouldn't affect me physically in any way. And two weeks in, I felt amazing, and I haven't looked back since. So mm -hmm. just October 1st, two days ago, I celebrated my six-year vegan anniversary. That's awesome. <laughs> that is... Six years, 100% vegan, five years vegetarian prior to that. That is incredible. So what were you, do you recall any scenes, or what was it that just drew you into this documentary? Because I think that's really interesting, the different things that bring people to this same point, our common point. You know, I came a different way, you came a different way. What was it about, I mean, were they were they taking them away and they were crying like they do? Like those 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 videos of the mama's cow, the calf leaving, just tear me apart. Yeah, I know, and I do. It, it tears me apart too when I see ones like that. But it wasn't that, it was just, the animals in their natural habitat and just showing the bond between the mom and the baby. I forget what animal they were showing when I stopped on the channel, but it was just showing the connection. I remember it specifically being some um, monkeys on there and some other things, and they were just like hanging on their mom and they went to different you know, types of animals and something about it really, really connected. And I, I was done. I, I just couldn't do it anymore. That's, I, that's it just, 
I made the connection that I'm eating somebody's baby. This thing was a born, living, sentient being, as opposed to, like I said, from my background, it was more of a commodity. You know, it was, if we didn't have meat at a meal, it felt weird, you know, or milk or anything that was derived from animal. It was seriously just all commodity up until that point. Mm. And seeing it made it, it, it just clicked. It was no escape. It was powerful. It was like, I thought, I mean, I even flash flashbacks of growing up with my mom and her taking me places. It was the connection. And I'm like, I pay to, <laughs> you know, I participate in, you know, those babies being stolen from their moms and being slaughtered and the like. And I just was done. I mean, I didn't get to the 100% vegan point, as I said, but I did not eat, haven't eaten any flesh since Thanksgiving Day 2006. Wow. That's incredible because that, there's one video I recall, um, I believe it was orangutan and a, a mama and the baby and this, or an older baby and the baby kept trying to run off and up this tree and she would like uh, grab him and drag him away yeah. and then he would like skip and run up the tree again. And I was like, Gosh, that is like having a three or four year old, right? That yes. was like trying to run away. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. The, it, the interactions like that are what made me realize that they, what have I been doing all my life? What have know, I been participating in? You know? Yeah. And it, commercial interests that keep shoving that information in our face 24 7, you know, eat more chicken and the like of these restaurants with their slogans and themes and they're you know participating in this and I was funding it for the first 36 years of my life and mm. that one 30 minutes or so that I caught of the, the last part of that documentary changed everything wow and then you think about it if you went and got home if there was a delay in a conversation flipped on the <laughs> tv going through that motion I mean you think about how your entire trajectory of your life has changed Exactly. Just based on that day, I it, it's incredible. I wow. I don't know if I would be here now. I mean, I, I was always considered myself um, to be uh, a trendsetter, so to speak. And I mean, with the, the amount of information that's out there now, I'm sure I would at least be considering it. Mm -hmm. But I would never be, you know, 11 years into being totally meat free and you know, last six 100% plant based. Right. Wow. It's, it's incredible. That is incredible. That's a really cool story. So now tell me how you decided to do bodybuilding, because that's a very different thing than just going to the gym and working out and helping people get healthy or fit. I mean, to stand on stage, that, that's a whole nother level. So there was a doctor who, um, she set up something in Miami and she was looking for, cause I, I like to run. And I didn't consider myself in decent shape, but she was funny. She's like, oh, you'd have to go on stage. And I'm like, I'm not going on stage. There's no <laughs> way. So that's just a whole other level of confidence and crazy to in my mind. So how, what was your decision to do that? I'm just so curious. You know, um, and this goes back to being in college. They had a, a campus-wide show or bodybuilding competition. I went to Southern Illinois University or SIU as it's known. And they had their Mr. and Mrs. SIU fitness competitions. And they were just pretty much the people that hung out in the rec center and lifted weights all the time. And I was one of them. So it was just kind of the guys like, hey, they have this competition they do. You want to participate? That's where I originally started. 
but it was nothing to the degree to which I've done, you know, outside of there. It was, um, like I say, just campus-wide, just for fun. But um, as I said, after graduating and you know, relocating to Arizona, and um, as I said, I still credit that client for planting a seed mm-hmm. who made me do the research to see how I could best serve her as to how I first embarked on this journey. And then the visual kind of solidified it for me. And um, as I was going into that 30-day experiment to drop all animal products is when I had stumbled upon Robert's book. Mm-hmm. And that's when I said, yes, I can do this. And that was my first time competing on a big stage. And that was, um, wow. 2009 or so, I think, and um, competed a couple times. And I was vegetarian here. Now, so it did take a transition. It was October that I went, October 1st, 2011, that I went 100%. So as a vegetarian, I placed third in the show. In the following year, I did one, I placed second. And when I went 100% plant-based was the time, the breakthrough, and I won my first pro card as a vegan. And, and so, I, it made the difference, I think. Yeah. So when you say pro card, can you explain for those of us who are not um, pervy to the to the verbiage? What does that mean, pro card? How, how, what is that? How do you attain it? So um, every show, some of them are regional, you know, located uh, southwest, uh, northwest, things like that. And you, they're amateur shows. But if you win your class. The shows are typically divided by either weight class, and I was in the lightweight class. I'm not a very big guy. And then um, if you win your weight class, you go up against each class winner for the overall title. Mm-hmm. And then if you successfully beat every class winner, you you get what's known as a pro card. Then you can mm-hmm. call yourself a professional and you compete with uh, other professionals, other people that have won throughout the country. Oh, wow. Okay. Compete on a professional level. So you not only beat your your weight class, but you're competing against the medium weight or heavyweights. And, Correct. And, and, yeah. and so what are they judging you on? I mean, I understand they're looking for, you know, the, the aesthetics of it, but what exactly, I mean, is there different region, you know, different contests, they're looking for different things in bodybuilding? Because for me, it's like an like watching art. So I'm just fascinated as I don't know what, I don't know what's a good bicep or a bad tricep. I don't know. What, what are they looking for? It's a number of things. Well, in natural bodybuilding, it's uh, your conditioning is huge. Meaning um, definition, vascularity, uh, symmetry. Whereas in the unnatural world where you see those mega big guys with no neck <laughs> it's just it's based a lot more on size so like i said i don't really i don't know anything about that side really so i'll stick with the natural side so it's uh symmetry conditioning meaning definition vascularity your overall package uh stage presence accounts for a small bit it, it's so subjective really but you just try to bring your best package and hopefully the judge is like it. <laughs> I think I was able to uh, do pretty good a few times. I always tell people it's more of an illusion than anything. And I guess I was a pretty good magician four times. <laughs> well, I'm sure there's some, some 
more to it than just that. So when you say it's an illusion, is it the lighting? Is there, tan I mean, I know I've seen people tanning. I mean, what is all that about? I mean, what are they trying to show? Yeah, well, that, that's exactly it. The, the lighting and you use a little bit of, uh, some people use different types of oil. I personally use coconut oil on the skin. So the lighting and, um, you know, people that are lighter complected, they do tan a lot. I use the bronzer sometimes just kind of even out, you know, the overall complexion. And those things factor in how you look in the judge's eyes. So, yeah, those, those things do create the illusion as well, it's, as well as, um, you know, the way you stand and pose. So oh, it, wow. it, it is a lot smoke and mirrors, if you will. <laughs> But I think it takes a lot of dedication. So before a competition, can you walk us through? I mean, I, I, I've heard of people bulking up and then they, they don't eat anything and they're like killing themselves as they get closer to their competition. What, what is that about? Like how long is a, you know, a, a phase, you know, a, I guess like you're running, like if you're training for a marathon, you're building up mileage and then you taper down. What is your training in that sense? Um, to my experience, I've heard of people going longer, but I usually go maybe uh, six or eight weeks out from oh. the show date where I really start honing in on my training. I pretty much lift year round, but it's just more to maintain or even just because I enjoy it. However, um, if I circle a date on the calendar and say I'm gonna compete, usually six to eight weeks is when I really start honing in and um, really focusing on nutrition and switching the workouts to bring the best package I can to stage. I've heard of people going six months, some people 10 months to a year. Wow. Um, I guess you can say I'm lucky or maybe I just know how to manipulate my body <laughs> to get it to appear stage ready in a shorter period. I don't think I could prep, you know, 10 months a year for this one date and you're on stage for two minutes, literally. I don't know if I really have that kind of dedication. So uh, I guess I can call myself lucky in that sense that I don't require as much prep time. Well, I didn't back then. <laughs> so uh, so what is the food like when you're eating? Like how is your, your daily consumption different from something that's prepping for someone to get leaner for a stage show? Well, I definitely pay way more attention to uh, what I eat is you want to eat nutrient dense foods, not necessarily calorie dense. Well, let me say this too, because a lot of your uh, viewers who I see this, they may be on this uh, whole macros kick, which a lot of people are currently, where they hit a certain number of carbs, proteins, fat. I never have and I never will use that approach. I learned to listen to my body and I feed it when it needs to be fed. That approach, I don't believe is sustainable. I see people who have success with it, aesthetically speaking, but some of the foods they consume just to hit a certain num macro number are not necessarily the best. I, um, I don't care if I have 400 calories one day and if I eat 4,000 the next, I focus on the nutrient density of foods, uh, micronutrients over macronutrients, meaning your vitamins, minerals, uh, antioxidants, phytonutrients, and the like. And I consume a high fruit-based diet as well. Hmm. So, um, going into a show, like uh, the last show I did back in uh, August 2015, I competed with an all-vegan team called the Vegan Beef Team. I know, go figure. <laughs> but um, I did something I think was unheard of 
I started following intermittent fasting. I started my prep for that show on July 1st. The show was on August 15th. So that was a six week stretch. And I applied intermittent fasting in my training protocol. And a little bit more extreme than most people, I would fast 23 hours a day and eat within a one hour period every day for six weeks. Now, uh, typically when I broke my fast in the evening, first thing I did would, would either have a mono fruit, meaning one type of fruit as much as I wanted, then wait 20 minutes and have my main meal, which typically would be something like tofu, black beans, broccoli, something balanced. And if I wanted seconds or so, I'd go back. And then when that one hour was up, I stopped. And anything outside of one hour was just water or herbal tea without sweetener. And I did a little bit of research on the benefits of fasting uh, on a physiological level. And it definitely held its own weight because uh, when it finally got to August 15th, I won everything I could win. I won both classes for light. Well, the lightweight open, meaning guys who were uh, half my age, 20-somethings, but were in the same weight class. I won the Masters, which is a 40 to 50-year-old group. So I won both overalls. And then, um, I'm sorry, both classes, then each overall as well. So it was uh, four first-place finishes, and I was the guy that was eating within a one-hour window for six weeks, and people thought I was ridiculous and was going to lose muscle and not look good. And my conditioning has never didn't had never looked better actually. And um, wow, I truly believe in the power of intermittent fasting now, and I applied it since then, just as a daily um, routine. Not necessarily a twenty three hour fast, but I rarely, if ever, eat before noon, and I'm usually done at eight p.m. Wow, that's the longest window, but a lot of times it'll be later in the afternoon before I actually start. But it's more than one hour typically to be four, six, sometimes eight on a long day. So okay. I have an interesting philosophy on, you know, the whole nutrition. No, I, I agree with intermittent fasting. That's actually, um, I've applied it to people who are struggling, you know, when they can mm-hmm. lose weight. There's uh, some really good science with intermittent fasting, but I find it really fascinating that you did this for six weeks before a show. Yes. And I mean, there's, I mean, I, you have your pre-workout and your post-workout supplements and then you have to timing. I mean, so what, I mean, that just blows all of that out the window Yeah. And, because your, your proof of concept was proven, right? So right. You, you have proof of concept. I mean, so that, how was your energy and your, when you're working out? I mean, so do you feel, did you feel really good during that time? You know, in the beginning, it was rough. The first couple workouts, I was like, I don't know if I'm able to do this. I don't know if it was placebo and I was just mentally uh, challenged by the fact I hadn't eaten, you know, or did a pre-workout meal or anything. And, uh, but by that probably fourth workout, my energy levels started to pick up. And in fact, my strength increased. And now, you know, since doing that, I only train in a fasted state now. I tried to do, go back to doing a pre-workout meal a couple of times and I literally felt sick to my stomach if I eat, even if it's a couple hours before I lift it. So now I train 100% fasted every time I learn to rely on hydration, having water with me and oxygen, air in my lungs. And that's where I derive strength from. Wow. Doing the fasting. It's incredible. So now that's when you're talking about weight training, are you also talking about cardio as well when you do any type of cardio training? 
Yeah, I do a limited amount of cardio. I do, um, if you, you guys are familiar with hit cardio, where it's just a shorter yet intense burst. I maybe I might do that uh, two or three times a week. I go to a track at a local uh, community college and just go out and do maybe uh, six to eight sets of sprints. So I just measure off like maybe 60 meters or so. Uh, sprint down at a, you know, probably 95% to all out, walk back, and then do it repeat maybe six times. And that's my cardio. So I'm done in like 15 minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it's very different than what I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not the long, steady state cardio kind of guy. It doesn't work for me. Well, there's some advantages to hit training. I think that, you know, that's kind of where the insanity workouts were so popular yeah. and, and that type of thing. Um, so those are really a little bit much. But so when you have clients, because you help people um, transition and all that. So can you tell us about what you do as a coach and what would people expect? Should they want to work with you? Because you work with people online too, right? I do. I just um, opened that up a few weeks ago. And right now I'm developing, well, not developing, but working on a platform trying to get more familiar with where I can do live interactive training. Like we're looking at each other right now. So it'll be two-way live, two-way training in real time. Wow. I found a platform I'm able to do that on. I'm just trying to work out some of the technical difficulties. As when we were opening up, I said, I'm not a tech guy. <laughs> I'm happy I can see your face right now. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I am working with people online as soon as I get all the kinks worked out of that. But right now, I'm operating out of a bigger gym and maybe changing within the next 30 days. But right now, I run Will Tucker Fitness out of a bigger traditional gym. And I do small group training primarily. So I have a lot of people that find me and that are already plant-based and I'm like a breath of fresh air because like the trainer I was many, many years ago, you know, they get tired of where you can get your protein. Well, you at least, at least need to eat chicken or you at least need to eat eggs. They're still in that uh, stone age, if you will. And uh, people find me to be refreshing. They're like, okay, somebody gets me. So I get... That's one type of client I get. Another type I get is the um, ones who never dreamed they would be plant-based, and they come and see me. So I take a page out of the uh, traditional trainer's book, how they tell their clients they don't know anything about this whole vegan thing. They have to eat animal products. I turn that around on them, and I say, well, I don't understand that meat-eating you know, way to fitness. I only promote plant-based and that's all I know. I'm not your guy if you want to eat meat. But they see how I help so many people and they come in at least, okay, well, it must be something to it. So worst case scenario, I at least get them the increased amounts of fruits and veggies that they consume in their nutritional profile. And most of them go all in anyway because I always tell them, hey, I can't guarantee any results if you don't listen to me. And there's so much evidence out there and I pro provide them different links, uh, different documentaries. I suggest they watch a lot of them do. Some of them don't. Let's just be honest. Mm -hmm. But I mean, once they see the undeniable facts you know, from the World Health Organization coming out and the direct correlation between red meat consumption and cancer and um, how everybody's walking around sick and nearly dead and the, the the beautiful ones, as I call them, are the ones that come in and they're on this cocktail of prescriptions and, you know, they're type 2 diabetic. And I just kind of talk a little logic into them. I'm like, okay, so if, you, if you're if you type 2 diabetic, do you 
think you have a metformin deficiency? I mean, what is that really fixing? Do you think that's what's missing? So I introduce them to plant-based nutrition. And when they go back and revisit their doctor and then their prescriptions are getting drastically reduced or getting taken off all these meds, they become believers. Then mm-hmm. it trickles down to the family um, at home and they get everybody else in on that act. Because I've had people where, you know, one person in the family come in, but the entire family is unhealthy and they see how, let's say if it's the mom, how her, she drops weight, um, feels better, any type of physical ailments that nag, you know, like an elbow or the inflammation in the joints, how that goes away and she's doing so much better and it trickles down. And then next thing you know, the whole family is plant-based. So I, I, I like to say I'm having an impact on people, you know, definitely getting them healthy and at the same time doing things that are beneficial for Mother Earth as well as the environment. So mm-hmm. I like to say I'm really having an impact on people. And that's awesome because you're not only taking, because people are so focused, I need to exercise, I need to exercise to lose weight. But the nice thing is you're giving them really, you know, what they really need for long sustained health, weight loss. And yes. at the same time, you know, that. And it helps their mood. Like you said, it does so many good things. There's no downside to eating plants. I haven't yet to figure that out. But you're, you know, I think you, you know, we're all fighting against this really common belief in America that um, it's normal to be sick, right? It's normal to take medications. Mm -hmm. It's normal to be overweight now in America. We forget, no, it's not. This is, you know, you're in a state of illness. You're not in your optimal health when you're taking all these medicines. They're just palliative. So, I was reading a book by Dr. Martin Seligman, and he said, you know, pills, he was talking about in the psychological sense, were either palliative or curative, you know, mm-hmm. you can, and just like medicine, palliative meaning just like metformin or the insulin or whatever, all it is is helping you control some numbers or some symptoms. The disease is still ravaging your body, right? <laughs> Those diabetics are still going to potentially lose their eyesight, their kidney function, toes, neuropathies, increases mm-hmm. for cancers. But their curative would be like antibiotics. You take for a short period of time, it cures you. But yeah, it's a really interesting place we put ourselves in this world. And I'm Maybe. not sure. I, yeah. This is the only way I know how to get out of it. It's the only yeah. way. <laughs> it is the only way. So when you have someone come in and you know, they're always asking you, where do you get your protein and stuff? How do you approach someone? Like, or how do you help someone dispel those myths and things that they have already conceived in their head? I mean, where, how do you start that conversation? Well, typically when somebody asks, where do I get my protein, which still happens. <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I just... You know, I, I cut to the chase. Of, like, I get my protein from the same place the protein you consume gets theirs. Right. I mean, from plants, in short. And also, with that, if it goes any deeper in the conversation, you know, I, I try to get people to really focus on uh, amino acids, other than anything, you know, which, of course, you know, are building blocks of proteins. And um, even with vegans, I see it so, so often that they're... Um, even consuming all the plant-based protein shakes, and they they just automatically run to that the minute they go vegan because other people 
suddenly um, are concerned about their well-being. You know, where are you going to get your protein? So they pull out this tub of powder and they're taking that. Even the plant-based ones, you know, they're too isolated and concentrated and your body still has to work hard to break that down to the amino acids, which are going to link back up and give your body the protein that it needs. Mm-hmm. I just prefer getting it um, pre-digested, if you will, in the form of fruits, you know, which are chocolate of all the good stuff that your body really needs. Right. So focus on amino acids, take them in in their best form and do less stress to the body from the digestion, have to break it all down. Just take them in where they're readily available within minutes, your body will get the protein, if you will, that it needs. Right. Like. So now you said you eat a primarily fruit-based diet. Can you tell yes. us what do you consume in a day? What is your normal? Wow, favorite? normal day. I'm a big smoothie guy. I mean, now believe me, I do hit the. I love smoothies too. Yes. <laughs> I, I get around to the comfort food spots, you know, once a week or so, a couple of times a week sometimes, but high, high fruit. That's going to be the first thing. Typically, when I break a fast, I have a uh, fruit smoothie, or either if I do a mono fruit. As I stated earlier, meaning one type, if, let's say if I had mangoes, for example, and um, at first sitting, I sat and ate, I don't know, six mangoes. And my body said, well, that's enough. I just stopped right there. I don't, I learned to be in tune with my body as opposed to doing math and counting calories or whatever else. And, but mainly smoothie. I like blends of fruits. And uh, I do still eat, consume some cooked foods as well, like uh, my wife Nadia we saw earlier. <laughs> if I come in and evening and she's prepared something, I better eat it. So right. typically, um, she's Persian, so she uh, does a lot of rice dishes, and she's you know learned to veganize everything. She's been vegan uh, almost two years now, so right. she's um, veganizes a lot of different dishes. She does the cooking. I do. I do the smoothies. <laughs> That's kind of how it works. But yeah, high smoothies. I get to a few of the local restaurants in town for that comfort food and um, whatever is here at home that she makes, which is usually something balanced. As I mentioned earlier, tofu, black beans, brown rice, uh, lentils, uh, different stir fry dishes that she makes. So yeah, and of course we get the sweet potatoes and the like in there as well. So a little That's bit right. of everything. So what is your favorite smoothie uh, recipe? Oh, yeah, I got a few. I like um, one of my favorites. I may get about 10 bananas, a pint of blueberries, and maybe three or four dates, a little bit of ice, drop it in the blender. Did you say 10 bananas? Yeah, my 10 banana smoothie. Everybody laughs at that. (laughs) And they have to be ripe. They have to be very, very ripe, you know, extra ripe, you know, with a lot of spots on them. (laughs) Wow, you must go through a ton of bananas. I do. I haven't been on the kick with them as much lately, but yeah, it was time to go see me. I go in the supermarket or whatever, and I come up with a whole case of bananas, and if they're still yellow or green, I have to, you know, sit them out for a while, let them get spotted, and I could do two or three of those a day and be fine. Wow. My feeding window, if you will, from wherever I have that first meal to, you know, wherever I cut it off. Right. Wow. So, okay. 10 bananas, a pint of blueberries and some dates. Yeah. Maybe and, two or three dates. Okay. And then ice and water or just yeah, a, little, ice? a little bit of ice, um, depending on the consistency, how you like it, you can add a little water. Okay. My, and, my all time favorite, maybe, um, 
I do the dragon fruit. Hey, there's one place that does have the frozen ones. They're organic. They're pretty good. And I don't think there's no additives in there according to the label anyway. I hate eating packaged foods, but with this one, I let it slide and then maybe get strawberries, uh, fresh mangoes, uh, pineapple, and then the young Thai coconut water. Okay, they're, they're drilling now. Oh, they're drilling? <laughs> I was like, what is that? <laughs> That's the satellite, guys. <laughs> Excuse me for that. That's okay. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so coconut water, the young Thai coconut water. I crack it open and you literally get the water out of it with the pineapple, the mango, the strawberries, and the dragon fruit. Okay. Puree, and it makes it a nice pink shade. Mm. That one's amazing, too. And uh, I call that one first kiss. I don't know why. It's just so sweet. <laughs> right, right, right. And then, so do you throw in your greens ever? Like you know, with the greens, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm a limited green guy. You know, um, I'm not saying that they're bad, trust me, at all. Um, mm -hmm. I just prefer fruits over greens mm. in every aspect as far as the uh, nutrition is concerned. There are a couple blends. I may throw a little bit of spinach or kale in, but primarily high, high fruit is what I thrive on. I just found, for me, I get a lot more energy from eating fruits and Based on research I've done, I've come across, it shows that we are uh, true carbon beings and those simple sugars and fruits are what we're willing to thrive on a cellular level. So, right. And I've experienced it from how I feel and what I derive the most energy from and, and fruits can't be beaten in my book. Yeah, no, other people have told me the same thing. Um, Robbie from Mastering Diabetes is a yes. raw, mm -hmm. raw fruit guy. I mean, he has greens on occasion, but uh, I mean, I, I like beans. They're my, it's probably my favorite <laughs> food. Plus, I, was, I do like some fruits like mangoes, but I love beans. I don't know. But uh, um, so I as far as I love beans, I okay. love beans. I love beans. I love the taste of beans. I grew up eating a lot of beans. So I think that's probably it. There you go. <laughs> so now, what would be. Um, Let's say you have someone who's, they want to come see you because you also have, so you have the willtalkerfitness.com, you're on social media um, as um, Will Tucker Fitness, right? On Facebook, you have an app that's also Will Tucker Fitness on the, uh, the Apple and also the Android app stores, right? And then, so what could someone expect from you if they were to say, I want Will to help me get into shape? I mean, is there a certain number of weeks or how, how, how does that structure for you? Are you, what do you do? Um, so we're talking in person or? Person on, yeah, or, or online maybe, because a lot of these people would be reaching out to you, I'm assuming online. Yeah. So the first thing I typically do, as I was, uh, talked about the intermittent fasting earlier, we try to find a set time that works within the person's world, you know, i.e. if they have kids, uh, work, school, any other things that require their attention. And we, I typically set a feeding window because I'm a huge proponent on intermittent fasting. I always try to get people to incorporate it, even if they're doing 12s and 12, you know, 12 on, 12 off, just in some way so that it's, the calories consumed are in a controlled time. Now, we do manipulate the window and adjust it as we go on and your body adapts to it. But that's the first thing I do is usually set that up. And upon breaking the fast, whatever time it is, I usually always encourage them to consume a mono fruit. 
I talked about a couple of times earlier. Mm -hmm. One for ease of digestion and to get a good uh, sense of, you know, the vitamins, minerals and the like for your body to get those. A lot of people that come in, especially if they've been following a standard American diet, you know, a lot of people probably aren't even aware that they suffer from um, malabsorption in a sense. And because their uh, GI tract or intestines has so much gunk in it, especially if they've been eating a lot of meats, that they're not absorbing a lot of the nutrients anyway. So I always try to ease up on what's going through there and hopefully you start to get some of that out of there. Mm. I introduce them to a plant-based diet and that definitely helps to alleviate some of it because a lot of people will talk about how bad they feel in the beginning. Like you asked me even, but I was already, you know, plant-based a number of years. And I guess that's why it didn't affect me as hard, but coming from a standard American diet, it's, it's a process. A lot of people throw in a towel in the first couple of days. Well, I can't do this, but the ones who stick it through, they reap the benefits every single time. So one thing I'm big on is keeping a food journal. It um, it helps with accountability as well as the psychological aspect, I think. I've been a trainer for 12 years now, and I can say uh, with 100% certainty, everyone who diligently keeps that food log hits their goal. The people that hit miss with it, their results are hit and miss. If you keep a food log... That's the one, uh, if you have anything you want to take away, journal what you're putting in your body. It keeps you accountable. And if you have me as your trainer, it gives me a blueprint as to what you're doing. And it shows where you may lapse and make poor judgment. And we just try to find a way to work it in within your food window. If you're going to be having uh, social interactions where you may be subject to consume something that's not necessarily will approved at the moment. <laughs> and we, we find a way to work it all in together to make it uh, in harmony, if you will. So if you can do anything, definitely keep food log because that's what you're going to get. It, you're going to have to keep if you're training with me, especially if weight loss is your goal, if you're looking to lose a significant amount of weight. Um, what I primarily do as far as the physical is small group training. I do 30-minute sessions. It's a combination of strength as well as cardio, cardiovascular training to really uh, help to, you know, get the body moving. It's main, it's highly functional too. I don't have a lot of the big selectorized equipment or things. I mainly focus on using the body, dumbbells, uh, bands, stability balls, and a few other smaller pieces. Like I have some battle ropes and things like that. I, I My thing is just to get people's bodies moving and you'd be surprised at how quick a person's cardiovascular threshold improves from this style of training within a couple of weeks. Then you start to see the strength increase and the confidence and they move like a different person within a matter of weeks or mm -hmm. sessions and they're, they're more alive and more engaged and more energetic. And so I figure I'm doing something right based on the results, especially as I mentioned earlier, the ones who come in, they're on a cocktail of medications and they are coming off of so many. And there was one time I did a, um, I call it my trial study group. I uh, just did a Facebook ad and I ran a six week program, 100% free. And I got six women to sign up for it. 
All of them were overweight to some degree. One of them was like extremely overweight. And um, what's the one condition um, some women suffer from? Um, Hypothyroidism uh, or? The what's that? Hypothyroidism or? No, it's not that. It's something um, with in uh she had the fibroids but what is the term oh it's escaping me right now like she has uterine fibroids yeah it was something more but it causes pain in that area oh pcos PC oh endometriosis there you go <laughs> I knew we're moving that. down i was like you saw that i was like where are we yeah, headed which part of the body i gotcha and, uh, oh, did that get better huh <laughs> Been and these women were doing a primarily a ninety percent fruit in their nutritional profile. It was five of them. The one that had the endometriosis within a couple of weeks, no more flare-ups. It drastically reduced. She was on I think six medications within two weeks. She was off of four of them because her doctor was monitoring her like clockwork. She had weekly appointments. Within a month, she was off all of them. Over the six weeks, dropped a total of 67 pounds and um, has been plant-based ever since. And she's gone on loss well over 100 pounds herself. But as a group, the, all five of them, they lost, uh, I think it was 120 pounds. She, of course, anchored a lot of it. Right. <laughs> and, wow. Uh, they were consuming a 90-plus percent fruit diet incorporated with the training. And... I was a believer after that because I wanted to try to find the worst of the worst for this control group, if you will. Yeah. And, you know, a couple of them stayed on board with me after that free trial period and um, stuck it out and went plant-based and it greatly improved their lives. Uh, trickled it down to the families, as I mentioned earlier, and rock stars, as I call them. Wow. So... I mean, that's some really cool story. So do you have a, an all-time favorite story you like to share with people about a transformation that you helped with? Did one person kind of stick out? I'm not going to claim Mylon. A lot of his story was before we met. I mean, although we've done a great deal over the last year and a half, he's right. still down another, um, I think, 80 pounds since then. But uh, I have one who, wow, well back in the days, she had lost well over 100 pounds too. But the, the thing that sticks out the most is the confidence that people get. She went from this shy, uh, not very talkative person to this uh, ray of light, if you will. She started getting media attention, similar to Mylan, and I uh, was in different magazines, uh, local news covered her story. So she's one that sticks out. Everybody kind of sticks out in their own unique way. Right. So, I mean, I have a lady now who was very concerned and timid maybe uh, months ago. Well, no, two months ago she came in. She's down 25 pounds so far. She's an older woman. She was like, would you work with anybody my age? She's, you know, like in their late 50s and she was overweight and on a lot of meds. She's off all but one of the meds so far and the confidence in the way she moves now, whereas in the beginning she couldn't even do a lunge or a squat. And just to watch these people, it's like I mentioned earlier about the uh, connection between the mom and the baby with the animals. It's like I see these people almost like my kids and you, it's like watching them grow up, so to speak, how their bodies change and how their 
their, their personalities changed, the whole persona. They're more talkative, more fun, and more flexibility, more range of motion. And you see that improvement. That's kind of what I do it for. I mean, that I, I, I truly believe that's my purpose here on Earth, to get people healthy, get them to go plant-based, improve their lives, save some animal lives, uh, less strain on planet Earth, and that's what I do it for, really. Yeah, it's it's a highly addictive thing when you start seeing people get well, and uh, it I call it veggie crack. It's like you cook people <laughs> on veggies. You definitely use it. It's like it's it's it's, it's an extreme form of uh, a dopamine release to tell you to eat vegetables and make me feel better. So I I tell patients I need you to stay on the diet, continue to improve, and not only put me out of business, but I need my dopamine hit. So that's thank right. You. <laughs> That's how I approach it. And it seems that they crack up about that. So that is really cool. So is there, you know, I, I always like to, to ask, is there any one piece of advice that you would give to someone who's either considering changing their diet or maybe starting the workout exercise program? Do you, what bit of advice would you give to someone who's in that kind of contemplating mode? Literally just, just do it. You, you have, so much to gain and nothing to lose um, except unwanted pounds. And in my business, I don't call it weight loss anymore I, I, because when you lose something, typically you're searching for it and you might eventually find it. So <laughs> I say release. You release it into the wild. You release toxins and uh, excess weight and inflammation. You just let it go. Mm -hmm. uh, so just do it. You, you can do it even if you haven't been in the gym in years. I accommodate all fitness levels. Even doing it in a small group setting, I'm still able to modify enough whether you're working at your level. And typically it works like magic because people are so competitive by nature. They try to do a little more and as they get better and better, they try to keep up with the leader, if you will, in that group. And it works every time, but just do it. Don't, don't be shy. I mean, I know there's so much misinformation there's actually regarding the protein thing that we talked about earlier. If you're looking to go plant-based, you can do it. Watch a few documentaries if you need to. Um, of course, you're an excellent resource. Mm -hmm. I have information for people as well. It, the information is out there at your fingertips. Just take that chance and your body will thank you. Right. It's absolutely just just have to start, right? And not yeah, be afraid to do it. Doesn't have to be perfection. Just yeah, you start. don't have to be. Uh, what's the saying? You don't have to be uh, great to start, but you'll start to be great. Right. <laughs> Something I might have butchered that. But <laughs> no, it makes complete sense. I mean, don't let perfection get in the way of progress. So that's Absolutely. that's that's fantastic. So that's the main thing. That's the takeaway. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So really cool. Well, well, thank you so much. I've taken up an hour of your time already. And uh, yeah, so I just I always like to uh, end the podcast and acknowledge people and say thank you for everything you're doing. And I mean, it's it's just so fun to see people doing what they love and not only in the process helping people actually live life and thrive and have well-being you know it's more than I said you know it's like illness and being disease free or being illness free and disease free does not make you necessarily healthy right you're just back to the state exactly well-being well is so much more right and that's kind of where I think eating the plants in that community 
is very different than those who maybe exercise and eat a healthier standard America. It's it's different. There it is. is something different about those communities and it's palpable and it's fun and it's really cool. So yes. again, more veggie crack. Exactly. I understand the veggie crack. Come on board. If you're hesitant about it, come on board. You see the way we're smiling and laughing. You can be as happy as we are. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> veggie crack. <laughs> right. Exactly. And it's all legal too. okay well thank you will for um taking the time out of your day to join us and uh, we so appreciate it no thank you oh i want to say one more quick thing yes okay um, i'm interrail i'm in a traditional gym setting right now however within the next 30 to 60 days or so i'm still looking at a couple other places i've been in negotiations with a couple landlords i will be opening the phoenix area's first 100 plant-based fitness studio will tucker fitness so wow. be on for that, definitely. And if you follow me on any of social media, Instagram or Facebook at Will Tucker Fitness or download the Will Tucker Fitness app, you can see all the updates and how things are progressing because I'm going to document everything. But yes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and step back out on a limb. I had a place a few years ago, but you know, I was at the end of my lease and these guys were opening this bigger gym. They're like, oh, you can sub-lease space from us, but you know, they're more traditional and push supplements and everything on people. and you know, right. animal products and I'm the oddball there. And it's just time to really uh, make this thing flourish and get people healthy. That's, <laughs> That's awesome. What it's all about. So yeah, Will Tucker Fitness will be coming at you in the next 30 or 60 days or so. Wow. That's exciting though. I mean, really yeah, exciting. <laughs> that is really cool. So you're in Phoenix, just so people know where to look for you at so Phoenix, Arizona. I'm in Phoenix, but in Mesa specifically. Right? Oh, in Mesa. Yeah, East Valley is what's called out here. <laughs> okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, got it. So I'm still learning all the different parts of Phoenix. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you again, Will. I appreciate it. And let us know whenever you do that. I'd love to you know interview you and see how you're doing your gym. We'll do that yeah. at some point. Cool. Absolutely. Thank you for your time as well. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you.